Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, August 11th, 2019, on the basis of Luke 12, verses 13 through 21. So what if I told you that when you went home today, you needed to watch out and keep guard? That you needed to stay up all night tonight, looking out your windows and checking the doors and scanning the street out, inside, out in front of your house. And as you did, you needed to have whatever means at your disposal for keeping yourself and your family safe right by your side. Maybe that's your Louisville Slugger baseball bat. Maybe that's your 30-06 hunting rifle. Maybe that's your German Shepherd, whatever the case might be. You need to be on high alert, and you need to do whatever it takes to protect yourself and your family. If I were to say that to you, what kind of danger do you think I would be warning you about? A burglar? A mass murderer on the loose? A prisoner who has escaped from the state penitentiary? Something serious, right? Probably not the UPS man. Okay, so what if I told you that, if you, if, that when you go home today, you need to watch out and you need to stand guard against some sort of spiritual danger, some sort of temptation that can cause great damage to your relationship with God. If I were to tell you that, what kind of danger do you think I would be warning you about? Anger? Lust? Prejudice? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Something serious, right? Something significant. Something that you would know would cause great harm to yourself and to the people around you. Well, believe it or not, Jesus says those very words in today's gospel. He says, watch out. And he says, stand guard. But he says those things not about any of the sins that I just mentioned. He says those things not about anything that both Christian and non-Christian alike would recognize as significantly harmful. He says, be on constant alert and be ready to protect yourself from greed. Why? Why? What makes greed such a dangerous sin and worth such a significant warning from Jesus? Well, right now we're in the middle of this series that's entitled Pack Only the Essentials. And the big idea of this series is that once we know where we are going, we will know what we need. As is the case with a trip that we might take, not only do you need to know what you need and what goes in the suitcase, but you also need to know what isn't absolutely vital. Why? Well, because there's only so much room in the suitcase, right? There's only so much you can pack. And so if you fill up your suitcase with all kinds of things that are nice but not necessary, you might not have any room left for what truly is. In the very same way, Jesus wants to warn us about greed because greed is that sin that would cause us to fill up our lives with all kinds of things that, yes, might be very nice but are not entirely necessary. That's why Jesus gives us the strong warning he gives us in these verses. That's why Jesus essentially says, you are in danger if you don't declutter. As we look at these verses from Luke 12 this morning, we're going to see three things. We're going to see Jesus define the problem of greed. We're going to see Jesus identify the symptoms of greed. And then we'll see Jesus expose the folly of greed. So there was a situation that prompted Jesus to speak these words. There was a man, apparently there were, well, there were two brothers who were fighting over their father's inheritance. One of those brothers comes to Jesus and asks him to settle the dispute. So Jesus uses the opportunity to talk about greed. And here's how he defines it. He says, your life 
does not consist of. Your life is not equal to the sum of your possessions. In other words, yes, as human beings, we are biological creatures that have biological needs. In order for us to exist, we need stuff. We need things like food and water and clothing and shelter. And all of our stuff is very good at meeting those biological needs. But as human beings, that's not all we are. We are also spiritual beings that have spiritual needs. And so while our stuff might be very good at keeping our bodies alive, greed is what happens when we use that same stuff to try and satisfy our souls. Jesus illustrates this with a parable. There's this farmer who's already very wealthy, but one year in particular, he has this incredible harvest. And the problem is not that this man is rich or that this man has a bunch of stuff. The problem is what he is looking to that stuff to do. He comes up with this plan to store it all up. And when he's come up with this plan and it's all said and done, he has this little conversation with himself and he says four things. Rest, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, with two of those four things, the man is right on the money. Eat and drink. Stuff is really good at fulfilling those biological needs. But the other two on his list are spiritual needs. Rest and be glad. Find satisfaction, find joy, find contentment in life, and find happiness in life. Greed is what happens when we try and take our stuff and and meet those needs as well. This is how Jesus defines the problem of greed. We might look at it this way, that our journey through life toward our eternal destination of heaven, on that journey, we get to take with us two suitcases. One is the biological suitcase, and our stuff is really good at filling up that biological suitcase. In fact, that's why God gives us our stuff, to provide for the things that we need. But the other suitcase is our soul suitcase, the things that our souls need to survive. Joy and contentment, as the man mentions. We might also add a a sense of value and worth, a sense of purpose for our lives, a sense of security for our present and hope for our future. And greed is what happens when we try and fill up that suitcase of our soul with our stuff. That's how Jesus defines the problem of greed. So, how do we know if that problem is our problem? Well, thankfully, after defining the problem of greed, Jesus points out some of the symptoms of greed, and two in particular. First of all, if our hearts are filled with greed, then no matter how much stuff we have, it will never be enough. We will always want more. Notice the plan that this man comes up with. Once he's harvested this record-breaking crop of his, he fills up his barn all the way to the top. So he has everything that he needs, and yet he still has more. There's more that doesn't fit. What should he do? with that excess? What should he do with that more that he has? He could do any number of things. He could share it with other people. He could sell it and give to the poor. He could do all kinds of things, but what does he decide to do? He decides to keep it. He decides to tear down his barns and build even bigger ones. In spite of everything that he has, it's still not enough. He wants even more. And that very closely connects with the second symptom of greed. If our hearts are filled with greed then the more and more we gain stuff, the more and more we lose people. Once the man's done carrying out his plan, he has this little conversation, but notice who the conversation is with. 
he doesn't pick up the phone and say, hey, Bill, why don't you come over and celebrate with me all these wonderful blessings that God has given me? He doesn't go down the street to Fred's house and say, hey, Fred, why don't we go out to a nice steak dinner at a fancy restaurant? It's on me. He's got only one person to talk to. It's himself. He's very, very rich, but he's very, very alone. In fact, the the circumstances that lead up to this parable sort of reinforce the very same thing. You've got these two brothers who are arguing about stuff. And they're not just arguing about stuff, but they're, they're arguing over their father's stuff. So let's imagine for a second that that one of them gets their way, the one that came to Jesus. Jesus settles the issue. Jesus says, okay, all of it is yours. Yes, the man will gain a whole lot of stuff, but in the process, he, of course, is losing a sibling. If your heart is filled with greed, the more and more you gain stuff, the more and more you lose the people around you. So how do we know if the problem of greed is our problem? It would be very, very easy if God made hard and fast rules about what constitutes greed. If, for example, God said, you shall not have a salary of more than $100,000 a year. You shall not purchase a home that has more than 2,500 square feet. You shall not save for retirement more than you donate to charity. If God were to do that, spotting greed would be black and white, crystal clear, really, really easy, but that's not what God does. And that's why Jesus says that we need to be on high alert, that we need to watch out. About a month from now, there's going to be thousands of hunters from all over the state of Wisconsin who head out into the woods as archery deer season starts. And each and every one of those hunters knows full well that that big trophy buck that they are seeking is not going to walk right up to their stand jump up on their hind legs and say, here I am, take your best shot. And so what do they need to do? They need to watch. They need to be on high alert the entire time so that they don't miss it. And in the very same way, we can't just take a a quick scan of our lives to see if greed is there. We can do that with other sins. Have I murdered anyone recently? Let's see. Nope. Check that one off the the list. Did I commit armed robbery this week? Nope. I don't think so. Check that one off the list. That's not the case with greed. Instead, we need to listen to Jesus' words, to be on high alert, to constantly be watching out for the symptoms of greed that he points out in these verses. So that first symptom, that no matter how much you have, it's never enough. You always want more. Recently, I read an article about a booming industry here in our country. In fact, it's a $38 billion a year industry. It's an industry that has grown by 8% every single year since 2005, which means that if you've got some extra money lying around and are looking to invest, this might be the industry to do it. What is it? Well, it is the very exciting world of rentable self-storage. One in 11 Americans spends an average of $90 a month to have access to some of the 2.5 billion square feet of self-storage space that is available in our country. Now, does that mean that having a self-storage shed is somehow wrong? Of course not, but, but we can't help but notice the striking similarity with this man in the parable who always needed a bigger barn, who needed more space for all of his stuff. That if in our already bigger homes, with their already bigger closets and bigger attics and bigger garages and bigger basements, we might still need more space to store our stuff. We need to watch out 
for that symptom of greed that no matter how much we have, we would always want more. And then that second symptom, closely related to it, that if our hearts are filled with greed, the more and more we gain stuff, the more and more we lose people. Believe it or not, one time, in fact, not long after Jesus spoke these words, Jesus said, use your earthly possessions, use your worldly possessions to gain friends for yourselves. One of the the great blessings of having more than what you need, more than just scraping by in life, is that it helps build relationships. It enables you to entertain. It enables you to practice hospitality and invite people into your home. It It enables you to share with people who are less fortunate. But if our hearts are filled with greed, our possessions will do just the opposite. If that job that we need, because of all the stuff that we want, forces us to work 70 hours a week. You can imagine how that's going to drive a wedge between us and people we love. Certainly it will with our families. It will with other people too. If the only time that we are actually at our house is when we are sleeping or maybe a little bit late at night when we're watching some TV, we might live around all kinds of wonderful people. We might live in a beautiful neighborhood and in a wonderful community, but we might as well be stranded on some deserted island. If everything that comes in, everything that God blesses us with always just stays in, if it always goes to the next bigger house and the next fastest car and the next fanciest set of clothes, you know how this works. It has a way of alienating people who feel like they can't measure up. You tend to hang out with people who are roughly at the same economic level as you. We need to watch out. We need to be on guard. Again, there are no hard and fast rules that Jesus applies, but we need to listen to his words to watch out for this symptom of greed. As we gain more and more stuff, are we losing more and more people? So Jesus says, watch out. He also says, be on guard. In other words, if you do recognize greed in your life, then you need to be ready and willing to do whatever, it need, whatever needs to be done in order to protect yourself from it. Why? Maybe that's the biggest problem with greed, is that it doesn't seem like all that bad of a thing. In fact, that's another thing that sort of separates it from things like murder and theft and adultery. If I'm a really, really greedy person, is that really so bad? Who am I hurting by my greed? Well, thankfully, after defining the problem and pointing out some of the symptoms of greed, Jesus concludes by exposing the folly of greed. In fact, in addressing this man in the parable, he calls him a fool. And God says to this man, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? So greed is foolish. In fact, dangerously and deadly foolish for two reasons, both of which revolve around the fact that one day, our lives are going to come to an end. And when that happens, the first thing that will happen is that all of our possessions no longer belong to us. The split second our life comes to an end, all of our stuff belongs to someone else. And so what if, what if we have dedicated our entire lives to piling up that stuff? How foolish would that be? Again, reinforced by the circumstances surrounding this parable, you've got these two guys that are arguing not just over stuff, They're arguing over a dead man's stuff. It should dawn on them to think that even if they get what they want, even if they have all of the possessions that they want, one day very soon there might be two other people doing the very same thing with their stuff. How foolish. But secondly, and more importantly, 
the reason greed is so foolish is because one day very soon when our lives come to an end, that's when we stand before God. When, as Jesus said, the same God who gives us our life takes it back for examination and for judgment. And if we show up with a greedy heart, then we're really in trouble. If that destination, if we reach that destination and our journey comes to an end and we've got those two suitcases in hand and either one or, or if one of them is empty, we're in big, big trouble. When we stand before God, that biological suitcase that has all of the things that we need to physically survive, if that's empty, that's okay because we don't need those things anymore. But if we show up before the throne of God and that soul suitcase is empty because we've been busy filling it with our stuff, that's when we're really in a world of hurt. I've been comparing our souls to a suitcase. We might also compare them to a fishing net. There are lots of different ways you can fill up a fishing net. In fact, you can fill up a fishing net with water, of all things. Maybe even the easiest way to fill up a fishing net. All you need to do is stand right at the edge of the dock, dip it down into the lake, and hold it there. It's full of water. But of course, it goes without saying that as soon as you lift that fishing net up out of the water, it will once again be empty. In the very same way, if we spend our lives filling up that soul of ours with stuff, one day very soon, that soul gets lifted back up to God. And if the stuff, the stuff stays behind and our soul appears before God completely empty. That's why Jesus gives us such a strong warning against greed. That's why he says, watch out and keep guard. It's not because any of the stuff that we might have is somehow bad. Instead, it's because if we use it to fill up our souls, then we are leaving absolutely no room for the one thing that can truly fill those souls up. What is that one thing? Well, Paul answered it beautifully in today's second reading. He said, You died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Where does our soul get what it needs? Where does it find satisfaction and joy? Where does it find value and purpose in life? Where does it find security for the present and hope for the future? The answer is the same in every case. Christ, Christ, and only Christ. We don't need our stuff to determine our value and worth as human beings because we already have more worth than we can imagine in Christ. When God looks at us, he sees Christ's perfect life covering ours. We don't need security for our present or hope for our future in our stuff because that security is already there. That future is already guaranteed. When Christ appears in glory, we too will appear in glory with him. Imagine you decided to take a trip overseas to visit the place where your ancestors came from. And as you packed for that trip, you filled your suitcase to the absolute brim. So full that you had to, you had to sit on the lid just to get the zipper to close so full that the flight attendants and the other passengers on the plane all gave you dirty looks as you jammed it into the overhead bin, full to the brim. But then when you got to that place of your origins, you found something that was truly a treasure. Let's say it's a photograph of your great-great-grandparents on their wedding day with your entire family history written on the back in handwriting, framed, beautifully preserved, and you were able to bring that back with you. It was yours. But of course, bringing it back with you meant that you needed to fit it into your suitcase. What would you not be willing to throw away in order to get that picture to fit? You're going to hang on to your toothbrush? 
You're going to keep that pair of jeans that never fit quite right anyway? You're going to hang on to your socks and underwear? Are you kidding me? You would throw away it all for that one thing that you value more than any of it. Friends, that's why Jesus gives us this warning to watch out and be on guard for greed. It's not that any of the stuff that we might have might somehow be bad. It's that if we use it to fill up our souls, then it is not leaving room for the one thing that can do that job. Our souls need to be completely emptied so that they can be filled with Christ. And rest assured, when they are, they will have everything they need. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.